And that's how our two-year-olds are. They're in this land where they need to learn the language, they need to learn the customs, they need to learn everything all at once, it feels like to them. Yeah. And it's exciting, but it's overwhelming. Hi, my name is Serena. I am a mother to a toddler and currently pregnant. And hi, I'm Lisa, also known as the singing Amma. Amma means grandmother in Icelandic. I am a mama and an Amma. At the beginning of my first pregnancy, I felt like I was lacking my village, which is why we are here creating a village with you in hopes that you won't feel as isolated as I did. I also felt the lack of a village in my early parenting years way back when. And I come to our village with a background in early childhood education. I have been coaching parents along their parenting journeys and supporting them for over 35 years. I'm Alisa and I invite you to grab your latte or your tea and come sit around the proverbial fire with us each week when we come together to have a conversation where we'll be talking all things parenting, keeping it real, keeping it raw right here with you. Uh, Hama, my daughter is getting into her terrible twos. All right. <laughs> I'm going to jump right in and say, I prefer to call them the terrific twos. <laughs> I would love to know what's terrific about it because they just seem terrible to me. <laughs> and you're not alone. That's why there is that, that common phrase, the terrible twos. And it's so important to reframe uh, I mean, we could think about it again, like adults to adults, you're 20 something. Mm -hmm. How would it feel if there was a common phrase in the world that said those terrible 20 somethings? Yeah, that's pretty negative. Right? Yeah, it's so it's totally negative. I mean, I could just see a 20 something going, oh, yeah, let me show you <laughs> how terrible mm -hmm. I can be yeah. or or. What do you, what do you mean? I'm terrible. Like, I'm not trying, I'm trying to be good. I'm not trying to be terrible. Right. Like mm -hmm. all yeah. the feelings yeah. arranged. So our two-year-olds are no different. So I just, I just don't like that people commonly say, oh yeah, the terrible twos, because what are we're, we? We're labeling them. We're labeling them and what are we portraying to our children? So let's look at it and let's see if in the next 20, 30 minutes, we can actually discover how terrific this age is. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Please. <laughs> okay. So I want to say a few things and then we can talk about some more specifics if you want to, um, however, however you want it to go. Um, the first thing to know is that children getting defiant at the age of two or the age of three, somewhere in between a year and a half to three and a half, four years old, there can be a real surge of defiance. And what I want to say, first of all, is it's normal and it's healthy developmentally when it starts. When 
it's how we respond to it as the adults in their lives, the parents, the grandparents, the aunties, the uncles, the care providers, whomever, how we respond to it will determine whether it becomes like everything else, a bigger problem, or even a lifelong kind of way of being in the world, or whether we can just support the development of their growing independence, which is really what it's about in a positive way, setting boundaries and allowing and encouraging their development. Right. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So there's something in the psychology world that, that happens around the age of two called individuation. And what that means in common language is that an infant, a baby is beginning to understand at the time of individuation, they get the understanding that they are actually separate from the mother, from the primary caregiver. And normally the mother, well, you know, coming out of a mother's womb or the mother, if it's an adopted child or whatever, held primarily by a parent, they don't know in those first couple of years that they are actually a separate entity from us which we talked about in our birth series, labor and birth series, is the importance of having them up on our bodies, on skin on skin, because they still actually think that they are part of our bodies. And, you know, understandably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so individuation happens at around two years of age. They get that they are an individual, a separate being. And there is tons of development around two years of age, as there has been from birth, but between two and three, two and four or five, when they're a toddler growing into that preschooler age, it's massive development that's happening in all areas. So we've got the physical development which includes their um, motor skills. Motor skills are the muscles that we're using in our bodies. Large motor is like throwing a ball or running or jumping like the big muscles in our body. And fine motor is the holding a pencil is fine motor skills. Eye hand coordination. So picking something up and putting it in our mouth, that's fine motor. And that's all developing like crazy right now. And for people who believe that, you know, they want their children to excel in school, um, there's a real push to get kids to hold uh, pencils and sit down earlier and earlier and, and start learning paper learning. And in fact, If children are climbing and swinging and holding on to things and strengthening their upper body, they're actually developing all those um, muscles in their arms and then their wrists and their fingers and their hands that will actually help them to hold pencils and be able to write better. So, yes. So, you know, their need to develop that physical, um, all the physical muscles in their bodies is, 
is important, not just because that's what their body needs, but because it'll lead towards that intellectual development that everybody in our society is so interested in pushing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, so there's that, um, the cognitive development. So the intellectual and brain development, which includes language acquisition, it's huge at this age. You know, if your child has a few words by the time they're two, they will start putting words together in sentences and two or three word sentences to start with, and then four or five word sentences. And that's a huge amount of work too. Um, And then the social and emotional development at this age is massive. They will start getting excited about um, playing with quote unquote friends. And I say quote unquote, because it's at this age, it's going to be what we call parallel play. They'll play beside other children. They won't interact and play with other children necessarily. And usually they won't. Um, And so that, you know, parents, they are not able to share at this age, (laughs) they may be excited about playing with other kids and think that they're playing with them. um, When they're playing beside them, like your daughter will be playing her little game and the child beside her will be playing their little game, and they won't necessarily be interacting. And our children also develop a very strong because of this individuation, a very strong understanding of what's mine and mine becomes a big <laughs> word for oh, them. Oh yeah. That's my daughter's <laughs> favorite word right now. Mine. 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 Yeah. So it's perfectly natural, normal development. <laughs> and they can't quite share yet. And they should not be expected to share and be nice and share because they don't have that concept. So there are ways and we can talk about that, but that's a little bit of an offshoot. Maybe we'll have another episode about sharing, Um, but there are ways to encourage sharing or to talk about which toys should we have out today if this friend's coming over for a play date and which toys would you rather put away, that kind of thing. Anyway, all of this is happening. All of this is happening and they're understanding that they are separate from us. So we will see behaviors like big feelings coming out, exploding out, big expressions of what they want or don't want. And they're very set on those expressions. Mm -hmm. Um, Your child will all of a sudden almost have a mind of her own. Like she knows what she wants and she knows what she doesn't want and she'll let you know. Right. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. And so part of all of that expression is her learning what, uh, who she is in the world, just the very beginnings of learning who she is. The big feelings are because there's so much learning going on with the social, emotional and a language acquisition and what's mine and what's yours. And I'm separate from you and all that stuff. Um, 
the big feelings come because when there's so much learning so fast and so many changes so quickly internally, they just can't keep up. They just can't keep up, right? It's a lot. It's so much. And they're trying to find ways of being in the world and expressing who they are and what their needs and wants are. And they're going to blow it sometimes. They're also going to be watching you like a hawk for your lead. What do you do in the day? How do you cope with things? If you get frustrated because something happens, you'll see that mirror image. And we can't often see it ourselves, but you'll see it in your sisters or your friends, how they interact with their children and watch their children. And you'll go, wow, that is like exactly what mama does. (laughs) Yep. Yep. I've seen that. Right. Yeah. So, um, so they have conflicting feelings inside. They have a growing understanding of who they are, but it's still very limited. And they're developing that voice of their own. They're starting to figure out that they can say no, and it has a consequence. It has an impact. They're starting to figure out cause and effect in the world. So if I say this, then that happens. Or if I do this, that happens. It's a continuation from the baby in the high chair, dropping the food off the high chair and listening to it splat on the floor. That's a cause and effect. And this is more, more of the same kind of learning. And they will be testing the boundaries because now that they know that they're separate from you, they will be testing the boundaries. Yeah. what, who, who am I in the world and how can I have the most power? They want their, their independence. They want to feel their power. So there's so many ways that we can help them feel that power, be, be empowered little ones and not run the roost and run us ragged. Yeah. And I think maybe when we call them the terrible to Usually it's us as parents referring to our kids that they're in the terrible totally, tools. Totally. And I see sometimes like my mother-in-law takes care of kids and sometimes they're great the whole day. And then the moment their mother comes to pick them up, they start crying like crazy. Yep. And so I guess that's them testing their limits with their parents and mm. seeing how their parents react. Actually, what that is, I've been the other side of that where I'm the caregiver, mm-hmm. you know, in daycares, in private childcare, whatever. What that actually is, is I feel safest with you, Mama. I've been holding it together as best as I can this whole day while I'm interacting with all these children and these adults. And I'm being told what to do that are, that's different from what we do at home. Mm -hmm. And I'm working and working at trying to be the person that I need to be in this setting. And I'm exhausted and I see you and I collapse in tears into your arms because I get to let it all go. I get to just completely collapse now because it's so much hard work for them. 
They're learning so much and they're trying to keep it together so much. And you are the safe space. You're the person that will, they know you will love them no matter what. And so if they collapse in your arms or freak out at you, which is another way of collapsing, um, you'll still love them. You're safe. My daughter, when she was seven, I separated from her dad. And there was a period of time where she would go to visit him and his new partner and her two children. And my daughter would come home and she would have complete emotional meltdowns, just screaming and freaking out. And I'd never seen her like that. She didn't do that as a two-year-old or a three-year-old. And it was just like, wow, what is going on? And, and, and I, I knew that already. And it's just amazing to watch that in your own child. Like I was her safe place. So mm -hmm. she could just let all the emotions out. <laughs> I see thinking thoughts going on over there. <laughs> yeah, because um, so one of the kids, for example, the moment his mom comes, he he to me, what seems like he cries for nothing. But you can't say, you know, there's no reason to cry because obviously they're crying for something, but he'll just start crying and he starts hitting and he'll hit like my daughter or another kid that's here. And mm. I feel, and I feel like he does it because he knows his mom won't punish him and uh -huh. he does, but he doesn't do it during the day. Right. Right. And that, that could well be the dynamic that she has created with him. Um, I often talk about our relationships, family relationships, any relationship as a dance between two people or more. Mm -hmm. So yes, that mom, um, if it was, I don't know your mother-in-law, who's the child care provider in this case, I don't know if she would talk to that mom or if you would feel comfortable doing that for me as a child care provider. If I saw that dynamic happening, I would privately say to the mom, so this is what I'm observing happens when you come for pickup and what your child is doing in crying and being upset is having a letdown from his day. And he needs to be able to do that. And you need to let him know it's not okay to hit or lash out at any others in the room in any other way. And if he lashes out at mom, she needs to also restrain that behavior. It's okay to be sad. I can't let you hurt me or anyone else in the room. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, okay to sense. feel big feelings. It might not be sadness. It's okay to feel big feelings and you can express them with tears or with words, or we can just head out together and I can't let you hurt other children or me. Yeah. Okay. Cause my daughter is getting into this too. Now she's into hitting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She bit my sister the other day and I tell her that it's not okay. I explain mm -hmm. to her that she's physically hurting the other person and it doesn't feel nice. And I don't do you take them away. Yeah, absolutely. It's just the three, the three ways that the word no is appropriate 
and, a, and having a very solid boundary is, is very helpful during the two-year-old phase, having, having very clear boundaries. Um, I cannot let you hurt another person, your auntie or this child or whatever. Hitting is not okay. Biting is not okay. We're going to go over here for a few minutes together. So I would, you know, and if she doesn't want to come with you, you can pick her up. She's two. You can pick her up, carry her with you. And remember again, that reconnection before correction, because if she's feeling whatever the feelings are, that's having her lash out like that. Um, you know, I would say you don't even need to say that hurts another person mm-hmm. because she knows that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's not okay to hit. It's not okay to bite. If you need something, I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do that with her and then I try to get her to take deep breaths. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And sometimes that makes her more mad. And if she really doesn't, I don't force it. But yeah, I, so I try to calm her down. Yeah. And then I'll bring her back into the space. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, like, let's look at that. If somebody, if you were really upset and you felt like hitting, say it's your husband, something he said or did, and you're just like, <laughs> you know, we get like that, right? And you were just like wanting to lash out, say, and somebody said, okay, now Serena, take a deep breath, take some deep breaths. You'd be like, I don't want to take any deep breaths. Like, <laughs> right? like it's like, no, I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to make nice. Right. Mm-hmm. That whole feeling. And so one of the things that I practice with children is if they need that recalibrating of their energy um, and that calming is to, you know, some kids, they, they won't want to be touched. They won't want to be held. Others will want you to hold them and snuggle into them. Sometimes with my daughter, for example, I just needed to touch her physically, like my foot on her, you know, uh, beside her foot or my hand leaning on, on her arm, not a big snuggle touch or anything. Um, and another little girl I used to spend a lot of time with when she was very young, three, four, five years old, she would have these big emotional meltdowns and there was no reasoning with her at all. And I would just leave, I would leave the room and I would say, I'm right outside this door. When you're ready, I'm here for you. Come find me. And I would be right outside the door and have her come find me. But what I would do is I would focus on my breathing. I wouldn't even talk. I would just go. (sighs) And kind of exaggerate that you are rebalancing your emotion. Because if you've seen your child hit or bite, you're going to have a reaction in your body too. Yeah. (laughs) And you need to re-regulate, right? And so by modeling regulation, I think that would, I'd love you to try that and let us know um, in a future episode what how that went rather than, you know, definitely don't try to talk to your child about 
hitting's not okay. You can't do that. That hurts other people. We tend to talk at our children and what yeah, we need to me. do. Yeah. And it's very normal and very natural and you're not doing anything wrong, but here we are and we get to learn just how to just slightly tweak what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another thing she does is the fake crying. Like, I know she's not crying. She's just making the sounds with her mouth, but in her eyes, she's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so in, the, in that situation, what um, can you think back to one of those moments? Was there something she needed? Was there something she wasn't happy about? Was there a boundary you were putting up that she was resisting? What kind of situation does that happen in? Uh, usually if another kid is crying and then it, for me, it just gets frustrating listening to all the crying. And mm-hmm. I know she's, she's doing it to like copy them or. Right. But I would say she's in her terrible twos cause she does it a lot. And she just the fake <laughs> crying, she goes, eh, but she's like looking right at me and she's just moving her mouth. Like she's crying. <laughs> Like, oh. oh, it's so terrific. It's so terrific. Yes. <laughs> They're modeling. They're trying to learn so much about the world, everything about the world around them. Yeah. I mean, imagine, you know, you traveled recently to a different country and a different culture mm-hmm. and you're an adult and you talk to me about some of the differences and how different, you know, people were with each other, the, the housing was the situations were, and it was so much for you to take in. And it was quite exhausting. Right. And that's just going to a different country. And you know, the language in that country, you can speak that language, but imagine going somewhere completely foreign. You've never been in that culture or that you don't know the language and it's all foreign. And imagine how challenging that is and it would be and how, you know, you'd be sort of struggling to try to figure out who you needed to be to, to make it work. And that's how our two-year-olds are. They're in this land where they need to learn the language. They need to learn the customs. They need to learn everything all at once. It feels like to them yeah. and it's exciting, but it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So with that crying, as you say, fake crying behavior, I would address who she's imitating. Like I would talk to her and say, Oh, Helena is crying. I hear that. I wonder why Helena's crying or talk about why Helena's crying mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. And say, yeah, sometimes we cry when we break a t- when a toy gets broken or, you know, whatever it is, describe the situation and feel the empathy for her and say, you know, we can feel what she's feeling and we don't need to cry at the same time. So that's, that's one way. And another way would be, I'm going to remind everyone <laughs> of the change of mood, not a mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So bringing in a song being the singing Emma, that's always my first <laughs> thing. I hear children crying, crying, crying. I hear children crying. So, so sad. 
I see children bouncing, bouncing, bouncing. I see children bouncing up and down and, you know, just sort of shift the mood somehow. (laughs) Yes, you're good at that. (laughs) Thank you. With your songs. (laughs) I do my songs. (laughs) I mean, if you put it that way, (laughs) they're terrific because they are just exploring and learning so much literally learning so much so so much if we can think of them as terrific because look at what these tiny humans are actually doing in a day yeah look at everything they're learning and i am going to throw right in here before we go get outside yes let them run off steam you had mentioned before we started recording an incident in a restaurant restaurants are not great places for two-year-olds people no (laughs) they are not the best so prepare by giving them a little bit of a snack before you get there don't go to a restaurant hungry with a hungry two-year-old um get them outside to run for 10 minutes even before you go into a restaurant. Um, But what I want to say is they have a huge amount of physical development happening and needing to happen. Their bodies need to move big movements. And I was listening to somebody recently and she said, if you can't get them outside every day, then make your house into a gymnasium. (laughs) like actually have places for them to climb and jump and run. And, you know, there's lots of different ways that we can create big motor, large muscle activities indoors if we need to. And the very best thing is to get them outside and to get them running and jumping and climbing and playing outside. Yeah. You'll find a lot more terrific behavior if they get that outlet every day, every day. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Thank you, Emma. I hope that helps. Let us know at a future time, if you will, if any of those suggestions you try and they actually work for you and yours. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Love y'all. So what do you think? Terrible or terrific? Here are my three takeaways as to why my terrible two-child might be terrific instead. Number one is they are learning individuation, which is funny because she's learning that quicker than I am. It's a little harder for me to accept as her mom. (laughs) Number two is they're learning and interpreting the world in so many ways, like Amalisa mentioned, in language, in customs, It's a lot to absorb. And number three, they have a lot of physical development happening and needing to happen. And the quote Amalisa shares is, if you can't get them outside every day, then make your house a gymnasium, which sounds like a really fun idea. And that's a great idea for the kids and for anybody because everybody's body (laughs) needs movement. With technology now, we don't get that same movement we used to get. So it's important, and we need to make it a priority. So thanks for joining us, and I wonder if we were able to shift your mind to think terrific twos before terrible. 
but terrible twos kind of rolls off the tongue. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for joining us. Take care. Thanks for being here with us in our virtual village. We'd love you to join our Facebook group at the village parenting community and on Instagram at the village parenting pod. And if you enjoy our podcast, please like subscribe and share. Also, if you have a moment, please leave us a review. It makes a big difference for us in reaching more parents out there who may be feeling alone. Please direct message us to connect. Also, we absolutely love hearing from you. And until next week, we'll be keeping it real and raw right here with you. This podcast is sponsored by the Singing Elma's private parent coaching and workshop offerings and also by Enlightened Designs for Crafty Mamas. <laughs>